Hey, everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me on. Search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you first have to understand that customer. You can learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Stuart Leo. Stuart is the founder and CEO of Waymaker IO, an intelligent business management platform that helps leaders build a better business in 30 days. Stuart is a thought leader in strategy, systems, and leadership development. As the founder of Waymaker.io, he has led the creation of Waymaker's Leadership Curve, a revolu revolutionary way of building clarity, alignment, and remarkable results in any organization. Stuart, welcome to the show. Lori, it's uh, great to be here. Thank you for having me. I am excited for you to be here because strategy is something I love talking about and just continuous education is a core value of mine. And that's basically what you're doing at your organization, it sounds like. It is. I mean, we're effectively a, a technology platform where a business can, can sign up, run a diagnostic, uh, build out their strategic plans or goals and, and build a better business. But at the end of the day, building a better business requires building two things, um, building skills and new learning and building new systems and new processes. So yeah, continuous learning, it's a, it's a, a fundamental of, of anything that we're doing. So yeah, lo love it. Um, so ho I'm hoping to learn too out of this podcast, wow. to hear what you've got to say. Sure. Um, so, well, let's dive in. So what are three keys to growth for any organization? Well, I, I would say, um, and this is very high level and very simple, but uh, number one, clarity, number two, alignment, and number three, focus. Uh, clarity in the fundamentals of what we're all about, alignment in our team, whether it be one or two or 10 or 20, or a hundred or a thousand and focus on the work that really matters, the priorities that really matter. And, and so those three keys, clarity around what, what, what we're really in, what business we're really in and, and two, then the alignment of our team around that and the growth of our team and three, the focus, uh, only doing the things that actually really matter. Uh, we do an awful lot of things often in business that, uh, don't really matter that much and it chews up an awful lot of time. And so our, our ability to focus is one of the, is, is the third key to make a difference. Well, I'm sure I speak for many of the business owners and leaders out there that I have shiny object syndrome. So <laughs> <laughs> focusing can be challenging at times. It, it can. And, and fundamentally that's, um, it's one of the reasons why we built the platform um, we did because <clears throat> so often um, 
somebody has a shiny syndrome, <laughs> shiny mm-hmm. object syndrome, or mm-hmm. you know, wants to buy the latest and greatest, and or, or or thinks they've they've seen an ad or they've they've been told by a, a tech vendor you must do this, and and in reality, um, so much technology is bought. You know, more than eighty percent of what's bought for transformation fails. Um, so much that is bought is not applicable or yet usable for that organization because they haven't built the underlying skills and 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 so when we in our diagnostic we use a thing called a a leadership curve you could think of it like a a simple maturity curve but if we're diagnosing a business and one of the things you can do on waymaker is is grab yourself grab your team um and diagnose your business And, and in in five to 15 minutes you'll You'll have a diagnostic that uh, shows you where your gaps are and uh, where your strengths are and on, on your business or your sales or, or your people and culture or even yourself, to be honest. Um, and those gaps will be around skills and systems. And if we, get, if we get clarity on the skills in the business we need to build before we go ahead and start buying systems, uh, then we can actually maximise the systems we're, we're putting in because they actually match the the things we need to do and that's that's a fundamental principle of of the leadership curve build system, build skills first uh, and and use systems to underpin those skills and we help small business owners see which skills they need to build and therefore which systems they need to underpin those skills Ooh, that's a lot to take in but i'm i'm really intrigued by by this tool and i might be uh testing it out after our call today <laughs> um as much as i believe that i i i'm a very strategic individual but as i mentioned i've got the the shiny object object syndrome apparently we're both stumbling on that word today um it, you know I'm, I'm gonna pivot to the next conversation here but why is strategy confusing to regular business owners and how can they be more strategic leaders? That's um, that's such a, a good question. It's a big question. <clears throat> um, you know, I come from the school of thought that strategy is not a set of actions, but rather a, a position to hold in market, and um, that uh, that's often confronting to. A small business owner. If, if you if you Google the word strategy, you're going to get a definition from Google that says uh, a set of activities. And uh, in 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 part, it's kind of mostly right, but it's also mostly wrong. Um, and and I love how I think it's Professor Michael Porter from Harvard puts it: um, strategy is not uh, a set of plans that we do, but rather it's a position that we create or hold inside a marketplace. And that marketplace could be as big as your local neighbourhood or as big as the world. And, and I think that's the, the first big distinction to make around strategy. Strategy is a, a position we seek to be or we are in market and clarity of that position is fundamental to establishing the activities or the or the improvements we would make around holding that position and i think most business owners um, miss that fundamental first step of saying this is the position we want to hold or want to be or are and and therefore 
focus on doing lots of things, thinking that's strategic, whereas in reality, you only need to do the things that hold your position. It's an interesting perspective on strategy, but it, but you're talking about it from a strictly business perspective. And, and I mean, especially when you use the phrase marketplace, because um, strategy can obviously go beyond business, but that's what we're talking about today. So I, I can see how people get confused and, and everyone's got a different definition as you reference, you know, Google has one couple different uh, reactions that show up to that. Um, that, you know, becoming a strategic leader, I think it goes back to what you're talking about with the three keys to growth with focus and clarity. Um, that, that totally makes sense. But next question yours. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> far, far away. And, and, yeah, and yeah. maybe if, um, if far away, and I'll, I'll pull back into that and sure. just explain it out a little bit through your next question, that if, if it makes sense. So um, the Waymaker Leadership Curve, you talked about that uh, briefly a little bit, it's, and it's referenced in, in the bio and how I introduced you. Hmm. How can a leadership team use this to, to scale? Sure, sure. The, the leadership curve, and, and you can jump onto our website, um, waymaker.io, hit the Learn tab, and, and you'll find a bunch of resources on this. So you can, you can read about it, get some, get some free resources to help you in your business. Sure. The, the leadership curve really works in this simple way. It says if, if we want to build... Uh, market leadership, then um, we're going to go through um, a number of different stages of growth. Think, think of our organisation like a, like a child. Um, the first stage of growth um, is, is really ideation. Who, you know, what's the idea for this business? Which is kind of like the, the, the moment a child is born. The, as, as an organisation goes through those stages of growth, they'll conquer um, certain skills and certain systems and those, the maturity and the competencies in those skills and systems will allow them to um, break through those maturity stages, <clears throat> which ultimately increases the value of that organisation. So think of a curve, bottom left, going to top to right, uh, going to top right, uh, Bottom axis is time and left-hand axis is value. The longer an organization continues to build those skills and systems into maturity, then the higher the value can be created so long as those skills and systems are actually generating value towards your end destination. What do I mean by that? If, if you're a small business owner, maybe you're a one or a two person business owner, your, your business will have some value, but it will only have an, the value that it can repeatedly find a customer, close that customer, deliver value for that customer and create a profit for, on that customer. And if that relies entirely upon you, then it doesn't have a lot of value because nobody could buy that as an asset and continue to grow it. But if as a small business owner, you say, okay, well, at the moment, everything relies on me, but I'm going to put in a couple of systems 
that means it's less reliant on me, then I start to move through the maturity stages. I start to move from from the early stages of growth into into some mid stages of growth where I'm starting to shift things that I know and things that I do into people around me, into systems, which means that it's no longer about an individual, but rather it's about a process, a system, a team, a value proposition. And, And that's how we grow value in organizations. Most small business owners um, do amazing work, but often forget to build a business, not a practice. They Uh they forget that they're actually running something they own. It's an asset. And if they treated it like an asset, then they would start to think differently about the business. And and, and so long as you get clarity in that, uh, some people are very comfortable to say, no, this is my business and it's my job. I like working for myself. I'm, I'm only interested in, in, in this being a job. And that's okay. That's so long as that's your strategy. That's, that's where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. But many actually want to turn their business into an asset. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they want to sell it or sell part of it or, or have it return a, an income for them while they're not there. And so, excuse me, the leadership curve is a a pathway, a way to make that reality happen, to make that reality happen. And and it simply works by, as you move through those stages of growth, there are certain skills and certain systems in certain parts of the organisation that you need to conquer. And that if you don't conquer that will pull you back to those early stages. And, and so the, the leadership curve identifies those. And, and when you run your business through the leadership curve diagnostic, you'll see your maturity states on those different skills and systems. And the big idea, it's really simple, is on the maturity curve, as, as you see your maturity, it'll have some little traffic lights next to the different skills and systems. You want to see green over those early skills and systems on the curve and you want to see that green going further up the curve <clears throat> and uh, that's demonstrating and identifying where you are or are not and so what we help people see is that gosh if I can improve these skills or these systems inside my business then I can actually start to move this business forward and contextually we focus on best principles and best practices um, you need to relate that to your business um, and where you're going, but we surface the gaps and let you see where those gaps are and then you can set your strategic priorities around those. And so quite literally, it shows the pathway to um, market leadership on what you need to do and achieve uh, in, in order to win. I hope that kind of makes sense there, Laurie. Yeah, it does. Um, just the scaling part, and I, I've experienced this myself, you said a couple of things that I, I wanted to address a little bit, is that um, when, when I started my business, I intentionally did not want it to be named after me because I didn't know what the plan was and I didn't want it to be all about me. But I did find and hear over time that the way uh, initially I was getting a lot of new business was people simply saying, go talk to Lori. You know, They weren't mm. saying, you have to talk to Keystone Click. So my brand was starting to evolve as the thought leader, the doer, the, the strategist behind, you know, the offerings, which 
pros and cons to that. You know, there's nothing wrong with building a personal brand, but if the big picture goal is, you know, scaling and slowly removing myself out of the equation, then how do I do that without disrupting the current um, ecosystem of, of generating new business and, and building the business? So uh, that makes sense. And I think it's fascinating that you have um, technology that kind of, I like the red light, green light a philosophy of <laughs> um, you know, keep it this, simple. Yeah, this is this is the areas you need to focus on, which is what you talked about earlier, is really giving some clarity to um where the time and energy needs to go to help you achieve the goals that you have at the end of the day. So um totally makes sense. I love it. One of the um key things that you can use with with Waymaker, you can pick up the diagnostic tools and the strategic planning tools in the platform and just you know, use them as is under your own methodologies. Um, we also have Waymaker Academy, which is kind of on-demand courses and content to help you build your business. And um, so we've got some best practice methodologies and methodologies we've developed that kind of work with, um, with the software. And, and one of those, if you choose to use it, is a strategic planning methodology that we've built that for really for the 21st century to help people thrive and survive in a very volatile world and it's a process we call waymakers seven questions and uh, this might help uh, some of your listeners the the seven questions um seven questions that you ask and answer every quarter Uh, the first six give you the clarity and surface the the lack of clarity um around what your business is or isn't and um, where it needs to focus alongside the diagnostic. And the seventh question is the, the question of priority. So it'll, the, the seven questions will take you through clarity of vision, clarity of market, clarity of strategy, clarity of business model, clarity of your customer experience, which is your sales and your marketing, your service, and clarity of your employee experience. And it's a technique that <clears throat> we, we developed um, by observing what was going on in uh, in the it was actually the British military um, and how they reinvented their strategic decision making on the battlefield and uh, in the in the uh, late eighties early nineties it was quite clear that the the type of um, warfare nations were engaged in was changing dramatically. <clears throat> it was moving from very traditional um, environments to very agile, dynamic, get in, get out, um, urban environments. Um, and traditional strategic decision-making uh, didn't really fit that environment. You needed to make strategic plans quite quickly based on changing circumstances around you. And the, the British military um, stepped back and said, if we don't fix how our soldiers develop strategic plans on the battlefield, then we're going to be in all sorts of trouble um, in the coming 21st century. And they developed a methodology that was quite Socratic. Um, When I say that, what I mean is it's based on questions. And uh, those questions um, happen to be seven questions. Um, that if you ask and answered those seven questions, you would develop the highest value course of action on the battlefield. And 
they, they stepped back and, and said, look, we're going to retrain all our officers and leaders and team members um, to learn these seven questions. And if you ask and answer these seven questions, you will develop the highest value course of action on the battlefield uh, and you'll win. And it was incredibly effective. It transformed um, military operations on the ground. It made them highly strategic, highly dynamic, highly agile. Um, it got rid of bulky long-term planning that was loads of wasted actions. And it got people focused on, on what winning looked like. Now, I came across that in the late 2008, 9, 10s and um, found it a fascinating story and was completely enamored with the question of, well, how could you do that for a business? Because a business faces the same challenges. Um, It's uh, businesses have financial disruption, pandemic disruptions, um, and this was kind of coming out of the GFC at the time. Um, so we were getting used to disruptions. We'd been through, particularly in our area, we'd seen the impacts of, of 9-11 seven or eight years earlier. We'd seen this global financial crisis change things. We'd seen SARS at the time shut down most of Asia, probably didn't impact um, America as much. Mm-hmm. Um, we, come, we came to see that 10 years later with, with COVID. So disruption and volatility was becoming quite normal. And... Um, and so how could you give a small business sort of a pathway to um, forget about writing five-year, 10-year plans because they're just completely useless, um, but rather get really clear on strategy. <clears throat> what is the position we want to be? Who do we want to be in this marketplace? Get really clear on what that goal looks like. And then every quarter, ask and answer a set of questions that would calibrate you closer and closer towards that goal. And if something changed during that quarter, fantastic. Um, you know, ask and answer those questions and recalibrate. Because just like a, a special forces team hunkered down in the desert taking fire, they can ask and answer those, those seven questions on the battlefield in 30 or 40 minutes. Or back at HQ, they can ask and answer those seven questions over two or three or four days and have quite something quite complex. The point being is, Business owners, the only training they really get on strategic planning is maybe at business school or maybe, you know, writing a business plan and writing these long convoluted documents that, to be honest, just live on shelves um, and are really not practical at all. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we developed these seven questions that would go alongside the diagnostic and um, kind of completely rebuilt from the ground up. Um, inspired by the British military on how they did it with military operations on how you could do it in business. And it became incredibly effective. And, and so there are seven simple questions that if you ask an answer uh, alongside your diagnostic, and the diagnostic really is designed around those seven questions, it serves up information for each question, then you will land on the highest value set of activities and you just simply focus on that. And so Coming back to clarity, alignment, and focus, those questions, those strategic questions, force you to get clarity. Um, what's our vision? What's our market? What's our strategy? Uh, the alignment comes when you, when you look at the further detail in those questions. For example, um, 
question two, what, what is our market? Who is our ideal customer? What do they value? Therefore, what perceptions do we need to build? Awesome. Well, there's four big ideas unfolding in that question. So as a strategic leader, um, you've got uh, the skills and the abilities to ask questions, go as deep as you need to go to create value for the next 12 to 24 weeks, and then just focus on that. And that's incredibly freeing to a small business owner. You don't actually have to do much more than that. Uh, and when you can focus on that, then you can actually focus on getting the right work done. Yeah, I love that. I'm really fascinated by what these questions are. And like I said, I'm going to definitely do your test that's on the website um, to, to check it out, check out the software. Let's uh, switch the conversation a little bit to, to networking. So to some people, networking is a scary word. It invokes fear, hesitation, uncertainty. Um, what I want to do is help remove some of that fear by sharing some success that others have had. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Sure. Uh, I, I think um, most people, unless you're that super extroverted person, um, are, are somewhat quite fearful of networking. Um, I, I know I was uh, you know, early on in my career, it was like, gosh, uh, walking into a room, I may not know people, you know, what do I do? What do I say? And I think one of the things that um, is really helpful is to make networking not about yourself, but about the other person. And I think when I had that aha moment, it became a lot easier because you shift the focus on, gosh, what do I need to say to being, oh, what questions can I ask? And, and so the most successful experience in networking I've had is actually choosing to forget about yourself, uh, focus on the other person and asking questions about them and being interested in their work and the value they create for their customers. And by default, that will come back to you, that, that will return serve. And, and when you connect with somebody because they've felt listened to and understood, you'll have a much stronger connection and relationship in order to actually establish your value proposition and what you do and tell that person about your services. And so the most successful experience I've had with networking is, is forgetting about myself and being interested in other people. I love that. I think that's fantastic um, advice that all listeners should, should take into to play here. Um, you know, regardless of the size of your network, it's really important to stay in front of and, and nurture those relationships. So how do you best do that? How do you nurture your community and your network? Mm, um, What's well, different, uh, um, I guess we're in a digital business, um, uh, but the principles are the same. Uh, if I throw my mind back to a previous life where I was in a small business and um and, and working in a small business local community, uh, same principles. And, and that is uh, pick up the phone, but whether that be a Teams call, Zoom call, mobile phone, a messenger chat, a LinkedIn chat, um, uh, pick up the phone and regularly reach out to people and talk to them. It doesn't have to be business related or sales related. It can just simply be, hey, how are you going? Um, and, and that relationship, um, management or 
that relationship building process really is simply about um, letting the other person know, hey, I'm, I'm here for you if and when you need it. And I think a lot of small businesses, uh, even if they have a team around them, they're still in, often incredibly alone. And small business owners do it incredibly tough. They don't have boards around them or mentors around them. And so your, your network becomes people that you can sit down with and have a coffee or a wine or a, or a chat and ask questions that you can't ask your team. And that's really important. So I think that that capacity to build relationship regularly, go, okay, there's 10, 15, 20 people that I'm going to regularly um, pick up the phone and talk to, uh, that's, a, that's a discipline to, to build into your weekly habits. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that one-to-one reaching out and, and not with any intention, just touching base is so important because that's, that's how you really establish that long-term trust with someone is just checking in and seeing how it's going. Yeah. And I, I, I think, yeah. I, I think too often we, we confuse relationship building with, with marketing and yep. Um, when somebody feels like they're being marketed to from a relationship perspective, that's not a relationship. That's just selling. Uh, and um, and so I'm a, I'm a fan of not using tools at scale to do this. Uh, for me, a relationship is somebody I know. It's human interaction. It's not automated chats. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's got character to it. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a fun one. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Um, save more, invest more, risk more, and set higher and more aggressive goals because the world is so safe around you that you can afford to, um, you can afford to achieve way much more. Love that. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me a question. So what is something you'd like to ask me? Um, Laurie, you're clearly an expert in digital marketing and small businesses. Um, what's the one thing a small business owner should do on a daily basis to improve their business? Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> one thing a small business owner should do. You know, I very much have been practicing this Um taking time for themselves. Too many small business owners mm. are so in the day-to-day that they don't take time to either reflect or, or really invest in themselves, whether it's from an educational standpoint, reading a book, listening to a podcast, or from a health, you know, mental health, physical health, exercising, eating well, meditation, um, what I've been doing this the last probably year now, and it's made significant changes in me, but also these changes are, are carrying through to my business because I, because I'm taking the time to take care of me, it's allowing me to actually perform better and be a better leader for my business. Mm, mm, so true. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with that. Um, the energy for your business will come from you. And if you don't build that up, in your own time, then it, it will lack. That's, that's great advice. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thanks for the question for sure. So any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, sure. Uh, in terms of growing your network, uh, get out there and do it. 
Uh, it's so important. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and and from a from a waymaker perspective, um, feel free to jump on, uh, trial our products, um, reach out and talk to us. We'd we'd love to support you and help you. Uh, it's it's very simple. Um, uh, once you get get through and learn some simple strategic steps to to make your business better. So that promise is true. If you if you take the diagnostic and put in place the actions recommended, you will start building a better business in less than thirty days. Love that. So the best way that someone can go about doing that, and if someone was interested in getting in contact with you, um, you want to share those details? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, LinkedIn's my channel. Um, connect with me there, message me. Um, I'm generally pretty responsive um, there when I say pretty within a day or two, often on the same day. So, so jump in and find me on LinkedIn, just search Stuart Leo Waymaker. You'll get me. Uh, from a Waymaker perspective, jump onto waymaker.io. You can spin up a free trial. You can um, download some resources, eBooks, guides, jump onto our blog or podcast. And there's a load of free stuff. Um, even under free trial, you'll get access to our academy. You can jump in and access some of the content um, that I've referenced in this talk, which uh, genuinely, if you put into place just a small percentage of that, you will make a big difference. Love that. We'll include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much, Stuart, for taking the time to be on the show and, and share your insights with us. Laurie, real pleasure. Wishing you the very best and to your community and, and business owners. Um, uh, uh, keep going. Uh, the, the best successes and days are still ahead of all of us, regardless of the circumstances around us. It's, uh, it's a joy to, to run good businesses. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Stuart for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Connect with Stuart. We're both there. We're both looking forward to hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, I want you to go reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about, folks. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.